Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week I'm joined remotely, of course, by Lou Huff, Heather Steele and Harriet Russell. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. It feels like a while since we've done a team podcast. How is everybody? Yeah, good. Getting on with things as best we can. I mean, the weather definitely helps, doesn't it? Oh my God, it's been amazing. I've just had four days off and I feel like I've just been like on a proper summer holiday. It's been amazing. Dream. What did you get up to, Lou? So on Thursday, we went to the beach, to Canberra Sands. Although when we arrived, we were pretty overwhelmed with the car park situation because it was so, so busy. We actually managed to find a little quiet spot in the dunes and had a little picnic there and then kind of walked down the other end of the beach, which was way, way, like kind of completely empty, actually. It's more like cobbles, sort of pebbles beach. So no one was there. And we just sat and played backgammon and it was so lovely. So nice. I'm sure Britain's beaches will get even better tourism than they're used to over the next few weeks, won't they? Yeah, I was watching on the news yesterday. They were at Bournemouth Beach and they were saying that they had more people there on like a normal day let alone a sort of lockdown summer's day like it was crazy yeah there's been a lot of memes this weekend about parks looking like festivals as well haven't there we got to primrose hill on saturday at like three o'clock and actually just literally turned straight around and went home it was so busy but then there's something so like amazing when you find a space so on saturday i went back to bristol and saw my mum from a two meter distance after 118 days apart um and we went for a really nice walk and it was like such a huge space that kind of everyone could keep their distance. There was something really nice about seeing people doing it responsibly and mm. enjoying the sunshine. Heather, what's Brighton Beach like at the moment? Oh, it's horrible. I can't mm. even go for a proper walk because it honestly, I've never seen the beach so busy ever. Wow. It's and it's That's just nice. full of like groups of like 20 people not social distancing enjoying a barbecue I mean it's frustrating because it's so gorgeous and normally yeah I'd like go for a swim or something but now I'm just trying to enjoy the sunshine responsibly Lou I was telling someone this weekend about your fantastic pop-up barbecue Oh my God. Okay. So on Friday, we went for a little barbecue in, they've like opened some sports fields around by us. So we've been going there to get away from the crowds and we had our amazing barbecue and then we left it in one corner and went to the other side whilst it cooled down. So obviously it was smoking a little bit and we wanted to get some shade. Anyway, so many people that were going on like a walk would just gather around it and stare at it and be like, what is this contraption? So it's essentially like a little mini tin briefcase and And you open it up, you put your sort of normal coals on the very bottom and then heat that up. And then once, like as, you know, normal barbecue, that stopped flaming, then you can add your barbecue on the top grill. And it probably houses about two burgers and a sausage. So it's not massive, (laughs) but perfect for one or two people. And it's just so amazing and portable and tiny. And yeah, great. And the benefit is that it doesn't sit on the grass, does it? So it just kind of pops open and it props itself up. Exactly. It's sort of, 
you open it up and it stands on its own legs. So yeah, you're not going to burn the grass. It doesn't smoke very much. And yeah, it's £50, I think, from John Lewis. It's called The Adventure Begins. So have a look online. Um, I'll definitely look. Mini barbecue. Definitely. Yeah. Genius. What has everybody been watching, listening to, reading? Heather, I know you've got a few recommendations stored up. Yeah, so books first. So uh, the first book I read uh, a couple of weeks ago, which actually I loved it because it was almost 600 pages, but gripping. So I felt like I read it over a whole week. I was like really looking forward to reading it every day, which was exactly what I was after. So it's called The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. And it came out at the end of last year. And it's about a family in America who live in Chicago. There's uh, four daughters and these parents. And basically it sort of switches between all their lives throughout the years. But essentially the problems within the family stem from the fact that their parents are so in love that it's fucked up the kids because they're like, we can never live up to this sort of ideal marriage that we've grown up seeing And then it takes you behind the scenes of like why things might not be perfect necessarily and all the different angles of everyone's lives that are sort of intertwined within the Sorensen family. So that's basically the best way of describing it without giving anything away that kind of hints of what's to come. But it's Claire Lombardo's first book and it's just amazing. It it feels like someone's 10th book. Like she's just a very, very good writer. I'd really recommend that if you're looking for something where you can really get stuck into something and enjoy it over a couple of weeks rather than just sort of zipping through i feel like people have loved it i've seen it everywhere yeah so yeah it's just come out in paperback so Mm -hmm. yeah a good one to not have to cart around in hardback so yeah i definitely recommend that one and now at the moment i'm halfway through exciting times by nisha dolan which came Mm -hmm. out yeah a couple of months ago and that's about an irish girl who has moved to hong kong she's 22 years old doesn't know anybody she's you know leaving home and you're not quite sure why but it's just about her and her encounters with British people she meets out there and kind of her understanding of what it is to be Irish now compared to some of the more sort of privileged people she meets out there and yeah I'm only halfway through so I can't comment in its entirety but anyone who likes Sally Rooney I think will be a big fan of this I think they write for a lot of the same places so I think it's definitely that sort of vein so yeah that's what I'm reading at the moment Heather I've picked up again how to be a gentlewoman oh yeah (laughs) got really stuck into it at the beginning of the year and then I think work just got in the way and I just had completely stopped reading and then this weekend we've had a bit of a digital detox so I picked it up and completely devoured it again and it is just the most wonderful book if you haven't read it yet I really recommend it yeah I definitely want to reread it and actually it's written by Lottie Jeffs and it came out last year but I think now of being stuck at home a lot of the things that she talks about you can probably really implement and it probably completely yeah and it's so funny I know I mentioned this before but it's all the things I guess you do already know like it's she's not saying anything that you're like oh god I've never thought about that yeah but it just I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm thinking so much more than than I ever have been before. So it just helps you sort of put a bit of perspective on on things and, I don't know, reassess what you're doing in your life and, you know, how you can better that. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. What have people been watching? Harriet, what have you been watching, reading, etc.? Well, this is definitely on a lighter note, but I have gotten so addicted, no pun intended, to White Lines. Is anyone okay. else watching this? Oh, so I started that last night. <laughs> okay. I, so... I've heard it's rubbish, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I think one of the reviews I read said it's basically complete trash. 
but there is no better program for lockdown. And I have to agree. What exactly is it? What's it about? Where's it set, etc.? So for people who have not heard of it, it is set in Ibiza, which for a start is absolute travel inspiration right now. If you can't physically go on holiday, go through white lines. The plot sort of centres on Laura Haddock as the main character. She plays a girl called Zoe, whose brother, who is a lot older than her, died on the island 20 years ago when he went to make it big as a DJ. The case has largely been unsolved for those 20 years and the series opens on the news that they have discovered his body. So it all kind of gets dredged up again. And Laura Haddock decides to go out there, even though she's married with a child, with a 14-year-old, she decides to go out there and sort of play investigator because the local authorities don't really want to dredge it all up again. I don't know what it was. I watched the first episode and I was like, I have to watch the next one right now because I, I have to find out why is this happening? And every single episode, last, last night, I'd, I think I'd gotten up to like episode three. And so I decided to watch episode four last night. Well, cut to half past 12 at night and I'm on like the beginning of episode eight and I'm like, I have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. I have to stop, <laughs> I have to stop watching this. But it's just so addictive. You just have to find out what happened next. Brilliant. <laughs> I love, I love that it. feeling. Yeah, yeah, me too. It can be the biggest load of rubbish, but if you're into it, you're into it. Yeah. Yeah. You can do. yeah. I also started it last night, Harriet. I know exactly what you mean. It's sort of, it feels trashy. It's got that sort of sepia tone as well, which feels mm-hmm. very like trashy series, <laughs> but... I'm interested to see what happens. No, you've <laughs> definitely sold it to me. Yeah, time. I think I need to watch this. <laughs> there was um, also a lot of nudity from what I watched, Harriet. Yes. I mean, it's very continental. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very European. <laughs> yeah, very, very European. There's a lot of freedom. You can tell it's been produced by someone, you know, who lives on the continent where they're a lot less prudish about that sort of thing. So, okay. Yeah. So I have been watching another Netflix series called The Big Flower Fight, oh, which yeah. is Bake Off for Flowers is the only way to describe it. It is hosted by Vic Reeves and uh, Natasha Dimitriou. But I don't think it's quite right to compare compare it to Bake Off because I thought it would be a more like attainable floristry so people putting together like beautiful bouquets or, or almost kind of what Bake Off is if you imagine Bake Off compared to Bake Off the Professionals where you know those creations are just like insane it's more on the Bake Off the Professionals end so the very first episode they have to build these like insane flower sculptures like I mean room-sized sculptures and although it's incredible and amazingly beautiful I feel like I would take away a lot more from just people having to create like I don't know a wedding arch or a bouquet for 30 quid that looks really pretty I don't know like that would probably be more interesting but if you're into flowers and into just people being incredibly creative with their craft I can't recommend it enough because the things these people create are just insane and it's also it's not just obviously about arranging flowers in a pretty way it's about kind of the irrigation like they have to keep these flowers alive like the second episode they have to create a flower dress that would be able to go down a runway so again it's about like how are you going to keep these ones looking lush and and it's and they all use different things to plant and it's so it is really fascinating if you can get past the kind of irritating dramatics of it the visuals are so stunning but yeah it's still love to see like a proper like really good British bake-off equivalent but with flowers or like the sewing bee do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah because, yeah because I feel like that's out there and people are so particularly during lockdown people have been so in, into their flowers so yeah I'd really love to see just you know some people yeah there's almost a bouquets. scale of it with like a skill cell and there's either like the 
oh my god I could never achieve that like wow look at this a kind yeah. of piece of art versus uh, like okay how can I recreate that and learn something yeah. from these professionals but make it's, it attainable for me exactly this is not inspiring in a gosh I must go out and create a six foot tall bumblebee created out of roses <laughs> like that probably won't happen anytime soon um, so yes TV execs if you're listening I think a, a, a quaint British show about arranging nice bouquets is definitely needed my friend Layla's one of the people who creates the example sculptures that they use Shut at the beginning. Up. So what she's yeah. a florist? Yeah, she's a florist, but she makes she does loads of making basically. She uses the wire all the time to create sculptures and she's done it yeah, for loads of Chelsea wow. Flower Show and stuff. But yeah, I only saw her the other day on Instagram. She was like, Oh, this show's on and this is what I've made. It's like that's Whoa. insane. I mean these she's people so are creative. so talented. Yeah. yeah so, and because actually that's what's interesting. Not all of the, the contestants are florists by trade. Like a lot of them have kind of connections to like horticulture, but there are others who are like costume designers and stuff who just kind of have an amazing eye or who yeah. are like architects or like yeah, there are people across all different creative industries who are just kind of having a crack at it, but who are amazing and because they approach it from such a different perspective create things that the judges you know would yeah. never expect because because obviously they've got a kind of broader scope of creativity so mm. that is so cool Heather yeah amazing. she's awesome yeah. we wrote a feature last week on eight books to read before they hit the screen so these are books that are either due to be adapted or have an adaptation currently in the works so those included conversations with friends by Sally Rooney the secret garden which is a personal favorite and the witches by Roald Dahl this feels obviously quite topical in the wake of the normal people hype and also little fires everywhere dropped on amazon prime last week uh, which of course is the adaptation of celeste ing's novel i have been really disappointed by both normal people unpopular opinion i know holding my hands up <laughs> and also little fires everywhere which i started last week and did not like how do you guys feel about adaptations of books? Has one ever lived up to a book you loved? Heather? I was thinking of you with Little Fires Everywhere because you were the first person I spoke to who had read the book and loved it. So I was wondering how you were going to have got on with it. <laughs> My feeling about that and normal people is a good book is two things. It's a good story and it's good writing. And what good writing is, is explaining how somebody feels beautifully I think right like in, in kind of essence it's, it's explaining human emotion in a really beautiful way if you try to create a visual adaptation of that you've got the story sure you've got the shell but you lose all that amazing nuance if somebody writes about how somebody feels for example in little fires everywhere there's a daughter who kind of gets really consumed by admiration for another character the way that's written in the book is fascinating and interesting and you know really delves into human emotion but on television you have to just watch that happening and it's just not the same like that's it, it takes away from amazing writing if that was the kind of story in itself on television perhaps it would work but once you know the original source Mm. I just don't think it will ever live up to it. What do you guys think? I think it's a really interesting observation. I can remember in one of my old jobs, David Nichol, the author of One Day, mm -hmm. came to speak and he said he had just written the movie adaptation of Far From the Madding Crowd with Kerry Mulligan in a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He wrote the screenplay and oh. he was saying how challenging it was and how, given the choice, he wouldn't do it again for a long time. Because as an author, you 
have the power of what he called internal monologue, which is exactly what you've just described, Charlotte, like all of the characters' internal feelings and thoughts and processing how they get to a certain action or a certain Mm -hmm. behaviour. And he said, obviously, on screen, you have none of that power. And to explain how a character is feeling, they have to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Which isn't clever. It's not creative or dramatic or it just isn't the same, right? Yeah, and and all of the subtlety is, is effectively lost. So totally. I think that's kind of probably what you're getting at. And I agree. I was really disappointed with Little Fires Everywhere. I watched two episodes and I haven't watched any more. Mm. But also just because I felt like maybe some of the people they've chosen to star in it. I mean, Reese Witherspoon obviously is in this pattern now, isn't she? Is buying oh, oh, buying irrit- it, yeah. Yeah, and also of playing irritating housewives. She's playing this... I don't understand, she's a very talented actress. I don't know why she keeps casting herself in the same role. In the same role, exactly, yeah. yes. It's becoming a bit one note. She plays the same character in Little Fires Everywhere as in Big Little Lies. Big Little it's Lies. Like it, and in the book, it's not even the same character, but she's almost kind of evolved it to be so similar. Yeah. But I did really enjoy Normal People. But maybe I think that was because I had so much fear that they were going to muck it up. I could only be pleasantly surprised, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, same. Um, I felt like that as well. I did enjoy that. And I thought it was really well done. The only thing that disappoints me with Normal People is now these rumours of like, a season two. Yes, I, I'm not up for that. No, yeah. me neither. I sort of feel like she's created a piece of work that is so perfect in itself. And the yeah. ending to Normal People is such an ending and it's such an important ending because there are so few fiction books that end on that kind of note that I just sort of feel like, why can't we just as a society like have this let one be. piece of thing and let it be? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I think that is what we do as a society. We kind of, we push something so far that then everyone is over it and we can't so just kind of have a little taster of it and let that be good enough. We have to push and push until it's ruined. So mm. true. Harriet, when David Nichol came in, was it before or after the film adaptation of One Day? <laughs> it was after. And did he comment on the butchering of his beautiful novel? (laughs) It was quite clear that he was not happy with how the film had turned out. But he's quite sort of self-effacing as a person. I really like him. I like hearing him speak. And he said throughout the entire process, he had no problems. Like, so when they came to him and said, Anne Hathaway is going to play this kind of like very iconic English fiction character, it wasn't jarring to him. He said he was quite involved. They ran quite a lot of the decisions past him. And he said throughout, you know, his visits to set and stuff, he was quite happy with it. And it's only really, I think, in hindsight and given the critics' response and the audience's general response, he can kind of understand why people aren't happy with it. Mm. But he's not out there bashing it, but I think Mm. he admits it's its shortcomings yeah because that is one of those books that just that so stays with you isn't it oh. that twist like you you'll just never get yeah. over it no yeah no. if you I, haven't I read remember. it listeners you have to read yeah, one I, day it is the best i remember devouring that on holiday and reading that scene on the airplane no idea obviously what what was about to come lewis and i weren't sat in the same row and he'll <laughs> know <turned> around <laughs> <laughs> turned around and saw me absolutely hysterically crying I just couldn't get over it and and you're so right that just has stayed with me forever and when the film came out I remember being so excited but also so nervous that I know I think you have such an emotional attachment when you love a book so much and I guess so much of your imagination also goes into the characters and totally. who they are and, and what a scene looks like and you know, you create the world inside that book in your own mm-hmm. head. So then seeing how it's portrayed on screen, it never quite adds up to what yeah. you have been imagining. And you don't have that, I think, emotional 
attachment or emotional investment in it that you've had in in your own mind yeah how can it not be a letdown based on that it's so true mm. Heather yeah. has there ever been an adaptation for you that you're like you know what this really lives up to the book I can't think of any to be honest I know that's really bad but no. I, I love Wuthering Heights but every time they try and remake one every sort of 10 years or so I'm just like no I'm sorry mm. I'm not even gonna bother. like there was that Tom Hardy one about <laughs> seven years yeah. ago or so but I think with certain characters like Kathy and Heathcliff for example like it's just I don't think it's ever going to be easy for anyone to really capture that intensity that's in that's the book. That's it, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I will refer us back to the list of books that are being adapted for the big screen. I mentioned before The Secret Garden, which was one of my favourite films when I was little. But actually, I don't know if you guys have watched the trailer for the new one. It looks stunning and obviously you know back in those days I don't think there were visual effects I think they just like grew a pretty garden whereas this looks like completely magical and beautiful so hopefully fingers crossed it's going to be a good one yeah Um, Colin Firth in so you know yeah yeah exactly it's well worth watching the trailer actually Um, I feel quite excited about it Uh, there's also the woman in the window is that the one that that Tor and Becky keep banging on about no that's the silent patient but this is another one that was like a big book about two years ago but yeah it's um, got Amy Adams in the lead role so that was meant to come out in May but hasn't done but I think it'll be it'll be coming out at some stage this year in some guys and finally another really exciting one that I didn't know about is This Is Going To Hurt by Adam Kay is being used as inspiration for a BBC comedy drama I mean that is really exciting because I I don't know anyone who didn't love that book yeah, and I can't think how it's going to work in terms of being a series, but I'm excited about it. Did you ever watch Green Wing? Yeah, I love Green Wing. I don't know why I feel like it will be kind of Green Wingy. <laughs> oh, maybe amazing. Yeah. Well, only time will tell. Let's talk about fashion. It's been a long time since we did a bit of fashion chat on the podcast. I think as of today, we're officially in a new season, aren't we? It's summer. And obviously, we have been ramping up the summer fashion content on site. We wrote a feature on the four dress styles you need for summer with Harvey Nichols because they have actually such a good selection of big floaty dresses, black styles, midis, minis. Uh, they've got a bit of everything. So do check that out if you're in the market for a new summer dress. But it got us thinking a more wider note about what we're wearing now what to be shopping for Lou I'll come to you first what are you buying so number one on my list at the moment is a pair of white linen trousers I've still been sort of living in jeans and denim shorts but I feel like I need something a little bit smart not even smarter but something that's maybe a bit covered up but just isn't jeans so I think a pair of linen trousers would be the perfect addition right now 
when I think of white linen trousers, I get a bit of a, for want of a better word, kind of mumsy image in my head. How does one style, yeah. or what should one be looking for with white linen trousers for a modern look and how would one style them? I think it's all about the shape. I think you definitely don't want anything too tight, but you don't want anything too wide either. So you don't want it to look like a clown pants. So I think it's all about a straight leg. Thinking about where it cuts, I love showing a bit of ankle, maybe a paper bag waist. I think just sort of look to those modern details, which will make them feel a bit less frumpy. And wear it with? I mean, I love it just with like a simple classic t-shirt. I also love mixing linen and silk. So like, you know, a pair of cream linen trousers and a navy silk blouse. I think that is so effortless and chic. Brown and tan accessories, just kind of that sort of safari cool, I guess, will always look amazing. Massimo Duty springs instantly to mind with this description. Yeah, completely. If you're looking for grown-up summer pieces that aren't kind of pretty boho florals or whatever, then then Massimo Duty is the place to to, to go to for sure. Exactly. Avoid elasticated waist, I think. Go for something with a pocket. You want those sort of tailored details, but not too formal I guess you want to feel relaxed in them. Heather I imagine you are living in dresses as normal. Yeah I was thinking through the feature and wafty dresses was a, uh, a category. Which, yeah, <laughs> My technical term. Yeah I was like oh that's what I wear. Yeah no basically that yeah that is what I'm without tights as well everyone so you know summer is here. <laughs> Have you got anything on your wish list for the season ahead? Basically what I'm just trying to do is yeah there are certain nice dresses out there but I'm just waiting because everyone keeps having sales so I'm basically just waiting until everyone keeps dropping dropping stuff in price so that is the sales are imminent yeah or everyone like homewares whatever it just seems a bit daft to buy anything full price at the moment so it's just a case of hoping stuff is still around when those uh, emails come in saying i was gonna say i think the biggest tip is to sign up if there's a brand that you're waiting for sale for sign up to their emails because that's that's how you get the intel isn't it exactly otherwise you're just refreshing every day hoping that something's happened (laughs) and are you guys still I mean obviously kind of at the beginning of lockdown there was a lot of woo we can wear trackies every day isn't this fun living in my athleisure but kind of then as we mentioned before it looks like this is kind of here to stay for a while personally I can't wear trackies every day for the next four months so I'm just kind of you're probably laughing because I don't look like this on Zoom today. But normally I am, you know, getting up, putting on my makeup and putting on a, a pretty summer dress because I don't know when the hell else I'm going to get to wear them. Harriet, which camp are you in? I have to say at the moment, I think day to day I'm still in the trackies camp, but I live alone. So to sort of, it's interesting, isn't it? This whole psychology of like, who do you dress for? Are you dressing for yourself or do you dress for other people? Mm-hmm. I'm clearly in the camp of like, I, I must dress for other people because, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> because who else am I dressing for? Yeah. Based on my behavior of the last like three months, like it's just clear that I don't dress for myself. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I went to meet Tor for a long distance walk a couple of weeks ago. I saw my mum for a walk at the weekend. And I think on those outings to the park, I am dressing up for the park in a way that I would not normally dress. I I saw a lady walking through Regent's Park the other day in a suit. She was wearing like a pale blue linen suit. My stupid internal judgment, first of all, went, oh, what's she doing? And then I was like, no, I do not blame her. Like, good for her. She's got nowhere else to wear it. She probably loves her new suit. So yeah, you kind of, that's that's your time to dress up, isn't it? I've really ramped up my Instagram content over the last few weeks, A, because I've got the time, but B, because I'm like, well, who else is going to see these outfits? I'm not seeing friends. So (laughs) yeah, might as well show Instagram. So I'm with you. I'm with you. 
I got, I must buy something today. My first show is in 72 hours and counting. I've got nothing to wear. So mm-hmm. Charlotte, that All Saints slip dress you had on the other day was just insane. It's nice, it that dress. so yeah, good on you. Amazing. I think their 30% off sale is still going Yeah, as well, it's so, so good. So I, last really week... I think we ran on the Sheer Lux IGTV. We ran it inside the wardrobe with Sarah Clark from Little mm. Spree. Yes. And she had a look in there that was a white sort of denim kind of jumpsuit. And yeah. All Saints had an amazing version. And I think full price, it was something like £158. And I got it last week for like 66 It was mm. that's amazing. All Saints already had a sale. And then as of last week, they went site-wide 30% off. So that's off the sale as well. Off so there the are sale? Some, yeah, off the sale. So there's oh. some real bargains Oh, I need to, to look. Yeah, yeah. do, it definitely was, do. It was such a good buy and I'm really happy with it. And fingers crossed, if it all works out, I'll be wearing it on the show. Tomorrow. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So regular Sheerlux followers will have seen these kind of inside my wardrobe series that we've been doing um, on Instagram with yeah as you say Sarah Clark from Little Spree Anna Bromelo um, did hers which I loved um, and we have the most fabulous wardrobe coming up this weekend don't we Lou? Yeah, it is Anna Vitiello, who was fashion editor at Harper's and is the most incredible stylist. And she has got the wardrobe of dreams. She talks about her best bargain, which is a $12 Christian Dior blue nightgown, which she picked up in Miami. Oh, it's just so amazing it is the most fashion wardrobe ever but it's just incredible like and she makes it sound so easy she makes you feel like well I'm just I'll I'll just only ever buy vintage Dior ever again like sure that'll be easy (laughs) she's just got such an eye and it's like walking into a kind of an atelier isn't it it's it's the most glorious escapism yeah she's a true stylist through and through and you can tell she just is obsessed with fashion in the most incredible way so yeah it's really fun and one to look forward to definitely yeah definitely Heather, Lou, we talked about making an effort a few weeks ago, but I want to know about your shopping habits now. I've heard real mixed reports. Some people are like, I won't be buying anything new for summer because I'm not going anywhere. Or, you know, there's obviously that school of thought or there's the, well, it's summer. I've got three months and I like to buy nice clothes. So I'm going to keep shopping as normal. Which camp are you guys in? I feel like I kind of do this anyway, that I kind of shop for what I need in my wardrobe rather than just because like the new season's here and I sort of want to fill my wardrobe with new things anyway. So I don't feel like it's massively changed my shopping habits anyway. I'm much more of an autumn winter shopper than a summer shopper anyway. I kind of have, I don't know, probably 10 pieces that I pretty much wear on rotation throughout summer and they kind of do the job for me. And, and I guess because my summer wardrobe is maybe a little bit more girly and feminine than my winter, I quite like sort of transferring that anyway so I don't know there's probably two or three things that I feel like would be good to add to my summer wardrobe but I don't think I would feel any differently about that if we weren't in lockdown if that makes sense and Lou people are obsessed with your style so the summer essentials that you live in you're also not a kind of boho-y dresser so again particularly that's useful for people who don't want to wear you know floral floaty dresses what are those essentials that you come back to every summer it would be probably three dresses always in monochrome of literally black or white is pretty much all I would wear in terms of a dress a pair of good shorts some vintage really soft either cotton or linen tees a pair of Birkenstocks a strappy sandal and I think that's pretty much it like I don't think you need much else than that a good silk shirt 
yeah keep it capsule Heather going back to shopping habits I know obviously you've got a house to kit out but are you feeling the shopping itch or are you thinking that you'll just kind of leave it for autumn now I feel like yeah I've got everything I need at the moment and yeah because I am just wearing dresses I'm just kind of rotating those that said if I if I see anything usually on the site like I said before I'll kind of keep an eye on it and maybe buy something nice if it's not full price but no, at the moment, it's all about just trying to, yeah, buy a few homeware pieces here and there rather than clothes. That's my priority right now. Fair enough. Let's talk very quickly to finish off about swimwear. I think probably at the beginning of lockdown, if you'd said we'll be doing lockdown swimwear content, we would have laughed. But <laughs> hey, ho, here we are. It's our reality now, isn't it? And based on my Instagram, plenty of people are, are getting use of their swimwear from home if you've got a garden. So we put together a feature last week, 20 really pretty swimsuits to buy now. And I mean, there are some seriously pretty swimsuits out there, aren't there? Oh my gosh, so pretty. So much beautiful sort of prairie print on a swimsuit. Lots of ruffles, lots of frills, lots of bows. It's a lot of like Love Shack inspired, I think, Mm -hmm. swimwear this season. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Lou, one swimwear brand to know for this summer? I'm a huge fan of Casa Racky. They are a Spanish brand and very kindly recently sent me a white swimsuit with frilly straps and then a really low back and it's sort of really clean and modern lines but then with this delicate frill detail on the sleeve just gives it that sort of pretty feminine touch so I'm obsessed with that. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Um, another really good one is Cozy & Co which is an English swimwear brand again really beautiful designs very clean beautiful color palette this sort of this season they've introduced more sort of pale pink mint lemon lavender but yeah gorgeous shape as well. They've got an incredible two-tone asymmetric style in a kind mm. of pastely pink and white which is just heaven isn't it yeah harriet we talked before on the podcast in relation to bras about shopping for bigger boobs so where do you shop for great swimwear to support your bust it's a great question i do feel similar to the sort of lingerie market that an awful lot of brands do not cater there to mm-hmm. bigger boobs it's quite dispiriting an awful lot of the fashion more fashiony side brands I do go through and I I will look at their ranges because as you say they're so pretty and what have you but very often like a Sierra D cup is like the biggest they go up to mm-hmm. and for people like me like that's just a no-go I do have to say that an awful long time ago I did give up on bikinis just because I don't often feel like even if you do shop at a brand that does cater to sort of more supportive bikini tops they're just not that flattering Mm -hmm. my advice would be that if you do have a bigger figure or bigger boobs a one piece is honestly your best friend and that's not to say that you shouldn't wear a bikini if you feel confident in one great if you do for me personally I have never felt comfortable pretty much since I was about 14 (laughs) with big boobs in a bikini so I I also think actually sort of whatever your shape and size the resurrection of the swimwear trend has been a bit of a godsend for a lot of women because it's just an opportunity to be god like remember the days of those string bikinis and that was all that there was out there there or it was like a speedo swimsuit like it's so refreshing that now you can just feel that bit more supported and covered up I think yeah and just like a high rise big granny bikini pant as well like excuse the pun but a really big trend right now yeah Yeah. I mean I haven't had my tummy out on a beach in like a good three years it's been great yeah it's definitely been a great thing and I do feel that if you're on a budget there are actually some real gems in the M&S range my tip with M&S is to wait until later in the season I always feel like their first drop is a bit like maybe they're not quite sure of what the trends are going to be yet and then they Mm -hmm. look to some of those kind of higher end names and then the trends do always filter in 
I always okay. tend to go on holiday kind of later in August sometimes. And by then I always feel like their range is really good. Sometimes it's also mm-hmm. on sale. And obviously the size range is, is really, really inclusive and the price is really good. An awful lot of my swimwear comes from there. And one of my favorites from there is it's got an asymmetric neckline and it's navy, which I think is always like a really classic color. Yeah. It's got kind of a ruched sort of detailing across kind of the stomach and then sort of right at the top of the thigh it's got like almost a frill skirt on it Mm -hmm. and it's so pretty and it's so feminine but because of the kind of low v neckline it's also very flattering to a bigger Mm -hmm. bust so it's not like you look at the swimsuit and think oh that's been made for a bigger figure it actually Mm -hmm. just looks really feminine and really pretty and really flattering and and also ruching can be incredibly flattering too yeah majorly flattering i just also feel like i'm one of those people that if i'm by the pool or on the beach in the summer and you know if we were able to travel and you want to go and have lunch or whatever it's I feel much more comfortable putting maybe like a linen shirt over a one piece than I would over a bikini to go and sit in a bar or a restaurant Mm -hmm. so to me that's the best of all worlds in terms of um shopping I would say it's just always have an eye on swimwear all year round matches Mm. in particular do such a good sale almost like their winter sale has got such an amazing selection of swimwear from their obviously resort collections so I think don't be dead set on buying your swimwear in summer I think if you see a style you like whatever time of year it is buy it because you'll regret it yeah if not very good advice thank you all right I think we'll leave it there do have a look at that feature on the site if you do want to look for really pretty swimsuits to buy now and Harriet maybe I will consult you and we'll put together something for for bigger busts as well because I know that always goes down well when we do that all right thank you so much Heather Harriet and Lou if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at sherlux.com we love hearing from you don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye-bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.